highest of heights to the depths of the sea. And he handed it, he prepared, he got everybody's heart, got them thinking, kind of stoked the fire, so to speak, and then he handed the bride, everybody off to, off to Jesus. And that was what his role was to be. But he preached a baptism of repentance. Every creature's unique in a song that it sings All exclaiming Indescribable, uncontainable You place the stars in the sky And you know them by name You are amazing God All powerful, untamable with... Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. John the Baptist's ministry met with wonderful response. There were many people who recognized their sinfulness, their need to get ready for the Messiah, and were willing to do something about it. Under the blessing of God, John's message of repentance and call to prepare for the Messiah bore great fruit. Baptism was for sinners, and no Jew ever thought of himself as a sinner shut out from God. Now, for the first time in their national history, the Jews realized their own sin and their own need for God. Never before had there been such a unique national movement of repentance and search for God. Now let's join Pastor Rob with today's lesson. And we'll send that to you for a, for a seed gift of $1,000 or more. And people do it. It's crazy. He had to get them out of the mess because Jerusalem at this time was a complete disaster. He says, come out and be separate. Come out from among all the religious nonsense and get your heart right with God because that's what it's all about is our, our heart with God. Come out from among all this noise and nonsense and all this merchandise that Jerusalem had become. Come out into the field, out there in the wilderness, and let's talk about it. Let let us reason together, says the Lord. Isn't that what it says in the prophets? And so, when verse 7, when he saw many of the Pharisees and the Sadducees coming to his baptism, they were there not because they really wanted to be baptized. They were coming to find out, who, who is this young upstart? Who is this young man who's claiming to be something? He didn't come by us. We didn't give him any authority to be out here doing this. Well, guess what? It's because the authority, you don't have the authority anymore. You've been squandering it away, stealing money from poor widows and, 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 and acting like you're all pious, but inside your own personal life, you're, you're having an adulterous affairs and you're stealing money from people. The one, and God is saying, the one who I'm really after and I've got my hand on is him. John the Baptist, out there. And so they're coming out there wondering, you know, who this man is. They weren't there for the right reasons. And John knew it. And he says, there, he, says they, he said to them, brood of vipers. Think of that. He didn't say, oh, I'm so glad you guys came. I was waiting for somebody from Jerusalem to come to validate my ministry. Now I can p- put a post on Facebook. The Pharisees came to my show. 
No, he's like, brood of vipers. <laughs> Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Therefore, bear for- fruits worthy of repentance, and do not say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our father. For I say to you that God is able to raise up children to Abraham from these very stones. And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees, and therefore every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me, John, of course, speaking of his cousin Jesus, is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Yes. And it wouldn't be long after Jesus' death and resurrection that that prophecy would actually come to fulfillment. Joel, in Joel chapter 2 of the Old Testament, it was prophesied that that would happen. And it says in Joel chapter 2, verse 28, And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maidservants I will pour out my Spirit in those days. And see, that is the difference between John's baptism and Christian baptism. John's baptism and Christian baptism are two different things. John, as the forerunner, was to prepare people for the Messiah. And so it was sort of like a football that's been handed to him. He had the ball and he's running. He's going forward and heralding Christ. But there came a point where he took the football and a backward lateral, for those of you who are sports guys, a backward lateral to Jesus said, it's all yours now. She's all yours. I'm done. And that's the selflessness of John. And he handed it, he prepared, he got everybody's heart, got them thinking, kind of stoked the fire, so to speak, and then he handed the bride, everybody off to, off to Jesus. And that was what his role was to be. But he preached a baptism of repentance. It tells us in Mark chapter 1, verse 4, John came baptizing in the wilderness and preaching, notice, a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. In Luke chapter 3, it says that he went into all the region around the Jordan preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. As it is written in the book of Isaiah, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places plain. So John is is doing this ministry. But Christian baptism is something entirely different. It's something that Jesus commanded us to do. You remember in Matthew 28, what does it tell us? We, We call it the Great Commission. Jesus spoke to his disciples after his death, after his crucifixion, after his resurrection. He spoke to his disciples and he says, Now go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to do whatsoever I have commanded you. And so Christian water baptism is symbolic. When we are baptized... It's symbolic of what Christ has already done in our lives. It's symbolic of what he has already done and that in Christ we also have been put under uh, in death. Our old self, our old nature has been put to death if we're born again. And then we've been risen to newness of life as the Spirit of God has come into our hearts. In fact, 
um, that that's what baptism is all about. In fact, hopefully sometime soon we'll have a, a baptism picnic. And pray now about whether you would be baptized. If you are a Christian, if you're a born-again believer and you've never been baptized, this will be the time for you to do it. God commanded you to do it. Didn't we just read the command? Go, for, go forth and baptize them and, uh, in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. As believers, we ought to be baptized. Now, we'll, we'll talk later. It's not a, if, if you're a Christian and you, something happened to you and you died, you're still going to heaven. Don't worry. Okay, so I just want to share that up front. But what is water baptism? Paul tells us in Romans, and I'm just going to read the first four verses. And we know this. If you've been to a baptism here at the church, I, I mention this a lot. Paul says to the Romans, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died in sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? And therefore we were buried with him through baptism. Baptism literally means to be submerged. Baptizmo is the Greek word that means to be put under. And so when Jesus died in the grave, he was put under. And when he was risen from the grave, the Spirit of God rose him from the grave. And it's very symbolic of exactly the same thing that happens to us and should be relevant to us today because when we died in Christ, when we gave our heart to Christ, that old man, that old nature is now dead. And now there's a new spirit in me, the Holy Spirit of God. And he is the one who has raised me. And so when we go through the act or the rite of baptism, it is symbolic. It is symbolic. Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of God the Father, even so we also should walk in, we should walk in newness of life. Notice, that's Christian baptism. Because Christ has died and rose again, we gave our heart to him, we died in him, and we've also been raised to newness of life. And then how are we to conduct ourselves? In Colossians chapter 3, I'm just going to summarize a few verses here. In Colossians chapter 1, he says, If or since you've been raised with Christ, believers in Christ, since you have been risen by the Spirit of God in you, since you have been risen... Seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. In verse 5, he says, Therefore, put to death those members which are on the earth. In other words, put to death fornication and uncleanness and passion and evil desire and covetousness, which is idolatry. That pretty much covers a lot of ground, doesn't it? We are to put to death those things. We are to resist those things and to say, you know what, as a believer, these things no longer have hold on me any longer. It doesn't mean that I'm perfect because I'm not, but there ought to be a different change about my life. And when I do fail, and we all fail, what do you do? Do you, do you wallow in agony and pain and, 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 and you know, submit yourself to the devil? No. You confess and God forgives you. But with the Spirit of God in you, all of a sudden you're going to have a power, you're going to have a witness in you, and you're going to have the desire and even the strength to withstand those things. And that's important for us to do. In verse 8 of Colossians 3, it says, But now you yourselves... 
are also to put off all these, anger and wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Before I came to Christ, I swore like a sailor. My mouth was so filthy, somebody would say to me, do you eat with that mouth? That's how, that's how rotten my language was. But something wonderful happened. It was one of those things for me personally. Everybody has a different story. But when I got saved, the, the first thing that the Lord seemed to have touched immediately was my rotten mouth. Just removed it. I didn't even have a desire to speak it that, that way anymore. And that's a miracle. Because what's, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. My heart was so filled with ugliness. And all of a sudden, my heart is filled with him. And even though I was growing in my faith and I was far from anything, I was just a wet behind the ears still as a babe in Christ. And yet he took that from me just as a token to say, Rob, I'm with you. I love you. And I'm going to show you what I can do. And he did it. And it wasn't a strain or a struggle. But we are to put on the new man. It says that in verse 12 of, of Colossians 3, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and anointed, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, or patience, bearing with one another and forgiving with one another. All of these things are a work of God's Spirit. And when I allow that to happen in my life, and I, and I do, and don't you? Don't you want the Spirit of God to have all of you so that you can live a life that's glorifying to Him? And, and by the way, as you live a life of purity your life is going to be much better. Your friends will make fun of you. They'll make fun of you and say, oh, you're Mr. Goody Two-Shoes. Oh, holier than thou now. Ah, let them think what they want because they're doing things that they're going to be busted for later on. They're going to make a mess of their life and they're going to be the ones in trouble and you're the one who's smooth sailing. There are rewards for obedience. There's rewards for obedience, but there are consequences for disobedience. And God has all of that for us. He says, will you be obedient to me? Will you trust me? And so we need to do that. But we need to put on the new man, which is Christ Jesus. But Christian baptism, uh, again, I'm I'm drawing a, a difference between John's baptism, because while we're on this, we need to talk about it. John's baptism, a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins. But Christian baptism, when we baptize, it's exactly what we read about in Romans 6. We baptize, full submersion, we go under. But it's not critical uh, for, for salvation to be baptized. And there are some who disagree with me, but that's okay. What does it tell us in Mark's gospel? He who believes and is baptized will be saved but he who does not believe will be condemned. So let me ask you, does that sound like baptism is the thing that gets you to heaven or is it the belief in Jesus? Yes, he who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Now, it would have been a different story if he says, but he who does not believe and is not baptized will be condemned, but it doesn't say that. Because our, our, our faith in God is what gets us to heaven. Our belief in Jesus, not some right that we go through. Yes, we, he commanded us to do it, and we ought to. But what about the thief on the cross? When he was on the cross, he was hung up there. And when, they, when he was hung up on the cross, he, both of those guys on the cross, on the opposite side of Jesus, they reviled Jesus. Remember that? But one of those men on the cross came to salvation on the cross. And what did he tell Jesus? He says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And what did Jesus say? You're a filthy, rotten scoundrel. 
You, 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 came, you, you got saved up here on the cross, and you think I'm going to let you in at the 11th hour? <laughs> Forget it. No, what did he say? This day you will be with me in paradise. He had no opportunity to even grow in Christ. He had no opportunity to be baptized. He had no opportunity to do anything, but he got in by the skin of his teeth. Whatever that means. He got in. And why is that? It has to be by faith. What does it tell us in Ephesians? For by grace you have been saved. Through faith, belief in God is what gets you to heaven. Believing in Jesus and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Salvation is a gift from God. It's a gift that's given. And I simply believe in what Jesus has done. And notice, not of works lest anyone should boast. Because if I could somehow earn my salvation, I would certainly be putting it up on Facebook and Twitter and, and, and showing all my good works. In fact, every moment of my life where I did something good, like when I'm walking the old lady across the street with all the, with all the groceries, I'd be taking a selfie of me and grandma, you know? <laughs> and then I'd be posting it up there and go, look at this guy, he's so wonderful, isn't he beautiful? God's certainly going to love him, and he, he's certainly going to get into the kingdom of God, and God's going, huh. He's going to be last. In fact, he's not going to make it at all because he's relying upon his, his works, the things. Oh, if he does so many, if you do this, if you do that, oh, you'll get to heaven. God's saying, no, there's one thing. One thing. Belief in Christ. For by grace you have been saved through faith, through belief in him, and that not of yourselves. It, has, it doesn't even originate from me. It's a gift of God, and it's not of works lest anyone should boast because we could if we would, or we would if we could. We would boast about it. People do it all the time. These, these rich men and these organizations, they live like hell for the most of their life. They're living in adulterous affairs. They have all the money. They're corrupt as anything else, but then they give to the church. $10,000. And the pastor's going, <gasps> good grief. Thank you, man. Thank you. Well, it's really no problem. Oh, may God bless you. Yeah, he does, and he will. And all the while, see, that's a work. It would be better for the man to say, you know what, God has given me so much, and he has blessed me so much, I'm going to write this, and I, and I don't even want you to know that I did it. I'm just going to, uh, I don't know, do something. I don't want you to even know that I, I did it. God will receive that gift, and that person has a right heart. I think we better stop there. There's a lot more to go. But you know, I love I love John the Baptist. I love him because it was not about his self at all. He was totally selfless. He was other-centered. He he didn't care about him. He didn't even care about his ministry. He wasn't worried. You now here I am in the prison of uh, here in Macurus. And, and uh, Herod Antipas is about ready to cut my head off. But, you know, Lord, I've only had six months or so into this, and yet my life has been prophesied hundreds of years. Is this, is this it? Is this, all I, is this all I get? I wanted more. But that wasn't John the Baptist's heart. He's like, you know what? I would have given my life the first moment I saw you if that, if that really meant glorifying you, Jesus. Now think about that. Really think about it. Because if this man, who was a cousin... 
And by the way, James and Jude, they are also brothers, half-brothers of Jesus. They wrote the book of Jude, and they wrote the book of James, the letter to James. They're all in the New Testament. His half-brothers wrote those books, and they all testified to this one. Don't you think they would have known whether Jesus was the real deal or not? Do you think they would have given their lives horrible, despicable murders they endured? They They threw James off the pinnacle of the temple. And then when he didn't die, they smashed him with a club until he died. And all the other disciples, except for John the Apostle, died horrible deaths, and yet they all knew this one. And they were willing to give their life. Think about that, because nobody gives their life for a phony, for a fake. And John was one of those. He says, I have come to make the crooked places straight to to bring people to repentance, to get them ready, to prepare them. He cried out in the wilderness. And you see, folks, that's what we need to be doing too, especially in the day that we live in. We need to be crying out to a nation, to a world right now that is dying in their sin. They're dying. They don't even know it. They don't even care to know where they're going, but they're dying. And you and I have this wonderful promise, especially for those of us who are born again. We have the Spirit of God in us, and he's urging us to be a herald. Will you be a herald today? Will you be a herald this week? Will you be a herald from this point onward? Would you be willing to break out of the comfort zones that we all have? Break out of your comfort zone and be willing to speak up. You don't have to be obnoxious. Nobody likes the guy in the corner with the Bible, you know, on the the corner of East Avenue. You know, you're all going to hell, and he's banging people over the head with the Bible. You're all going to go to hell. You're going to burn, brother. I mean, mean, are you going to respond to that? Please, let me sign up. No, nobody wants that. Is that an accurate representation of God, you know, and just just hating people and just, mm, that's not the way to get the job done. Let's be that herald for Christ as well. I need to do that, and you need to do that. One of the things I think in the church, and I'll just end on this, sorry to keep you so long, is that we need to be about that. I need to understand the stakes and how high they are. I need to be willing to speak. What are we afraid of? I'll, I'll probably never see most of those people that, we, that you talk to. You may never see them again. But church, it's time that we be those ambassadors for Christ to listen to him and to be willing to be that crier out on the street and pointing people. I mean, you don't have to be a literal crier out on the street, but your family, your friends, lead them to Christ. Tell them about him. Don't tell them about the church. The church doesn't save anybody. Jesus saves people. And that's what we're here for. That's what, we're, that's what this is all about. To, for us to be encouraged, to be built up, and then to go out with that message. To go out with that message. Let's stand. Heavenly Father, we pray that we would, like John, be those heralds, to be those ambassadors. Lord, would you make us, Lord, those individuals, Lord, that are willing to share Jesus the truth of who you are. Lord, you are the Savior of the world, and Lord, we live in very desperate times, and Lord, would you light us on fire again? Lord, there's great life in you, Lord. There's no one like you. 
And Lord, we just desire to be with you. And whatever you would have us to do, Lord, help us to be faithful all throughout this week, all throughout the next weeks and months and years, should you tarry, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. That's the end of our lesson for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the Gospel of Matthew. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office you can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.